Welcome to the uh, very delayed, as it seems to be uh, always, uh, episode of the Geek Rex Podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about television because there's so much TV uh, that we've been watching lately, especially over in the uh, Lodge Pinion household. Uh, I feel like we're watching more TV than we're watching movies. Matter of fact, the other day, I was looking at how many movies I actually saw this year. I've only seen 10 in the theater, uh, which last year I think I had double that at this point in time or close. Uh, But I'm watching a hell of a lot of TV, more TV than I can remember watching at any point in time. So it really uh, behooved us to talk a little bit about this season of television, kind of like we do every year, and get back to it. Uh, So I'm joined by Cal. Hello. And Hannah. Hello. And the, 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 this trio will discuss some of the best in television, as well as some of the, some of the shows we're watching that maybe uh, aren't quite working out so well. So the first thing I wanted to do, uh, I know there are a number of different like streaming options out there, and that's kind of like, I, I've been amazed, to be honest with you guys, how many freaking streaming shows just continue to like just deluge us. Uh, every time I turn on Netflix, there's a new show on, mm-hmm. and there's something I got to check out. And there was a point in time when Hannah and I like were just trying out first episodes of things. Like we tried out the first episode of The Tick, which sucked. We tried out uh, we tried an episode of Love Sick. We tried out an episode of of um, Crazy Head. You know, all these just random Netflix shows that I've occasionally heard a little bit about. But uh, you know, there's also the old reliable streaming shows. And uh, I wanted to open up discussion with a show that I've really enjoyed. I've enjoyed all three seasons of it. We just finished up the third season. And we talked a little bit about this show at the Rexies. But the uh, most recent season of Catastrophe uh, was uploaded to Amazon Prime uh, like maybe two or three weeks ago. And we finally got around to watching all of it. It's only like six episodes a season. And they're 30-minute episodes. So it goes really fast. But for those who are unfamiliar with the show, the, the general premise when it started was about a American tourist who, uh, or American businessman who ends up having a one-night stand with an Irish woman. Uh, they're both kind of approaching middle age. Uh, he ends up getting her pregnant, and so he decides that he's going to move to England and they're going to live together and raise a family. And the thing about the show is that uh, it's a comedy, it's hilarious. And it stars Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan, who not only are uh, some of the funniest people uh, I've seen on television, but they have the most breezy, wonderful chemistry together. We talked about this last time, but I really feel like it's one of the most realistic feeling couples I've seen since like Friday Night Lights or some other. Yeah, I was going to say it's like it's like the new Friday Night Lights in terms of best TV couple. I, I love it. I love it. I think Rob Delaney's a funny dude. and I know he's been like an Internet like presence on Twitter and stuff for a lot of people, but 
Um, this most recent season was 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 good. I thought it was you know I feel like it's been a really consistently strong show over the course of its entire run, which hasn't been that long. But uh, this season delved into some darker topic matter after uh, Sharon had had her had her recent uh, fling with someone else. They end up uh, they end up trying to reconcile their relationship in a very realistic fashion and almost kind of a drama free way yeah. that then leads Just to very like practical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it sort of leads to to some of the issues that that Rob's character runs into when uh, when he deals with his alcoholism. So, Cal, do you watch this show? I haven't, uh, but it, it, it it's something that I know you guys have all kind of brought have both brought my attention to repeatedly. Uh, just as Kyle said, there's so much out there that uh, uh, you want to watch, and uh, unlike you guys, my movie watching is still. Uh, fairly robust. I think I'm up to 30 movies this year so far. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do intend to, though. I've heard nothing but glowing things about it. It's high on my list. Yeah, I think you'd like it. It also has uh, Carrie Fisher uh, or had, I guess, that would yeah. be her last appearance. But I think I think it was probably one of the last things she did before she passed away. She's so funny in it, She's too. She's hilarious. Man. Like it's, I, I hadn't seen Carrie Fisher do much in terms of acting in recent in, in recent years prior to her passing. Uh, but she's, she plays Rob's mother uh, on the show. I keep calling him Rob. I don't know if his character is named Rob. I can't even remember. <laughs> I mean, he's just Rob. I think, yeah, yeah. he's Rob and Sharon. But uh, she's great. And the whole cast is very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a show I highly recommend if you want to watch. Like uh, it used to, I, I used to call it a really smart take on some on like something as you know dumb as Knocked Up. But it's actually more than that. It's because, evolved since that first season. Yeah, and they write the show together, yeah. so you get both like a man's perspective and a woman's perspective. And I think I, I have a pretty strong feeling that they probably both write their own dialogue. My favorite part of the third season was them blaming small issues on Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brexit, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> um, really good. So yeah, that, that that's been the, the the streaming show of all the ones we've watched. I think that's the one I like best. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah, I don't know if you have like another one. Well, the, the other Amazon one I was going to add is one that we didn't. I was hoping we could watch it more before we actually did this podcast, but we've only seen the first episode, which is that I Love Dick show. Um, yeah, 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 totally. Which Kyle and I caught the um, pilot. They put that up on Amazon a couple months ago. And then I guess the full episode of the show just came out, I think on Friday. It's brand new. Yeah. And it was done by, is it Jill Soloway? Yeah, creator of Transparent. Yeah. And it stars Kevin Bacon. And it's, it was really, really funny and really good, that first episode that we saw. So I'm excited for more of that. Yeah, it's Kevin Bacon and Catherine Hahn. And, um, you know, Catherine Hahn was on Transparent playing a uh, the rabbi. Kind of a rabbi yeah. yeah. And she, uh, this is her big starring breakout role. She's been a very reliable supporting player in a number of films and television series. But this was her chance to shine. And my understanding is she does, she really breaks through. Uh, it, it's it's a series about a about a married woman who's married to a college professor who moves down to one of these art towns in Texas. I think it's Marfa, Texas, if I remember right. And she ends up kind of falling under the the wiles of this of this. Uh, I don't know if he's like a dean or sort of an academic head of this school. He's like another professor. Or yeah, something. that's played by Kevin Bacon, and it it. it 
it sort of deals with her sort of coming to terms with that. Like the idea of uh, being sexually attracted to someone else, even though you're in uh, a, you know, a sexually active marriage. And, you know, I guess there's also about, there's just about intellectual and emotional connection between the two characters. We've only seen the pilot, so I don't know where it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously we can't recommend the full season, but if you like Transparent, yes. the pilot felt very much in that same vein. Yeah. So that same kind of like drama, but comedy, really good. Cal, what what kind of streaming shows you've been watching lately? Well, um, there are kind of like two uh, two areas. There's the uh, I've been very negative on Twitter about like Netflix original shows. Like the Marvel the Marvel shows are pretty terrible. Like I, I love Jessica Jones, but other than that, I think that they're hot garbage from start to finish. And I mean, just most Netflix shows that I've seen, especially like the big prestige dramas I really have not cared for. To my mind, Netflix had three like really great shows and I think they all just got second seasons that debuted in the last month. So I've been catching up on uh, the Wachowskis' uh, Sensate, uh, Aziz Ansari's uh, Master of None, which I think just premiered last weekend on Friday, and uh, Boz Lerman's The Get Down. And uh, th- those three shows just came back on Netflix. I've already powered through Sensate's second season. I am well on my way through Master of Nuns, and I'm eagerly awaiting uh, going through The Get Down. Uh, I think all three shows are the three most complete Netflix shows that I've seen, although I know that the two of you are big fans of uh, The Crown, and I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, I think that uh, those three just do what their creator... like They, they, they have uh, very singular voices, and they let them make something that is just like a, a glance into that creator's mind, you know? Sense8 is big and sloppy and sometimes dumb, just just like just like The Matrix was and Speed Racer and uh, Bound. And I think all three of those movies are absolutely brilliant. And it does what the Wachowskis do so well, which is gives you these uh, moments of almost epiphany, uh, these big, powerful, emotional climaxes that are paired with great action and uh, incredible editing but that are really built on these powerful emotional moments. And I, I think Sensei, it makes a strong argument for, you know, as they, as they get better at pacing episodic TV, which is a big Netflix problem in general, the, the show is getting better and better. Although I will say, after a fantastic second season, the last episode shut the bed pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, don't know, I, I don't know entirely what... Uh, uh, I, I can't defend that, but I will say the show was a big improvement in the second season. So is it like science fiction? I mean, I watched the first episode and, I, you know, it, it didn't quite grab me. But uh, what, what would you sort of compare it to genre-wise, just for the uninitiated? I would say this is the Wachowskis X-Men. Okay, cool. Um, it's a group of people who are born different, who are being hunted by the government for those differences, uh, specifically because they're you know, of, of the fear that they will grow to uh, replace humanity at some point in the future, uh, as well as um, kind of some interesting ideas about uh, how national security has, uh, post 9-11, has perverted some areas of academia. 
But yeah, I mean, it is the Wachowskis and uh, J. Michael Straczynski doing uh, X-Men. Okay. Hmm, interesting. Um, you know, it's funny. You, you mentioned uh, getting inside creators' heads in these Netflix shows. That Generally speaking, I would say that's a good thing. But, you know, Hannah watched that OA and uh, she was pretty unhappy with how that all turned out. Did you uh, watch the OA, Cal? I didn't. That's um, Rip Marling. Uh, Rip Marling and Zal Batmanglij, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're. Did you have you seen their 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 movies together at all, Hannah? I've seen a lot of movies she's in, but I don't think I've seen the ones they did. No, together. no, you did. You saw the East. Oh, that's right. Sure. That's we, right. We always saw that in the theater. Which I I don't remember loving, but I don't remember hating it like I hated this. <laughs> yeah, Hannah like called me into the room when the ending happened. It and... was just ludicrous. Yeah. I mean that the show was fine. I mean maybe it's kind of like what you're talking about with Cal with Sense Eight, where like I was enjoying it until the end, but the end was so bad that it was irredeemable. Like I can't recommend the show because of it. The end of the series or of the first episode? End of the series. Oh, okay. So you made it through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing, and apparently they're doing another season, which makes no sense to me. But I like I, my jaw was on the floor with how <laughs> bad the finale was. I've never, and I've, I think I've told like everyone I know the story of the finale of this show. <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah, we, we, uh, we definitely got together and watched just the very last like ten minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah, it showed like ten people, and everyone was just like, "How?" And I mean, I know some people who love it who were able to to buy into the ending with everything leading up to it, which credit to them. But I, I think it's a it's a risky proposition. Like even if you go in loving the first episode, loving it all the way through it is a still very risky proposition that you'll find it all worth it by the end of the episode, final episode. Yeah. I don't know. I, I heard very mixed things about that one and um, I just haven't gotten around to it, but uh, it sounds like I'm not, although uh, I, I won't, although admittedly, you know, I mean, I, I was thought it was incredible how, how, uh, how much sense eight season two dropped the ball in its last 15 to 20 minutes. Uh to the point where I actually had to rewind. Like I, I went a few scenes back and I was like, did I, did I miss something? Like what, how did this happen? And no, it wasn't me. Maybe yeah. there's, maybe they forgot to upload a scene, but Oof. <laughs> that's about what this is like when we're offline. If you want, I will tell you what happens in the finale. So you can decide if it's worth your time to watch the whole show because it's uh-huh. ridiculous. Yeah. I, I might, I might take you up on that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that about about Sensei. Um, I mean, would 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 you still say it's worth like watching? I mean, I would. Um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm assuming the entire the entire finale is built towards setting up a third season. Okay. So, I, you know, I mean, what they're doing that frustrated me so much was less and an, like an offensive or awful story development, and more just like you just concluded nothing and left everything hanging mm. in this really weird and awkward way where none, none of it felt like it made sense. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the matrix that doesn't make sense on like a logical level necessarily, but like it works emotionally. So you go with it. This had none of that. So this is like the first time in the series I was just completely disconnected from what they were trying to do there. I see. Um, hey, for Master of None, Hannah, how many episodes have you gotten into it? I'm only two episodes into the 
current season. So uh, I'm sure Cal's probably further along than that, right? That, that's where I am too. And uh, um, I just started it a couple days ago. And yeah, uh, that first episode, The Thief, was just uh, um, delight. You know, I mean, any classic movie fans out there wondering if this show is for you? Like, it's he, it, the the show has a 30 minute long riff on you know classical Italian neorealist films that manages to be kind of funny and heartwarming and uh, just works really well. Yeah, it was a really good first episode of that season. We just got back from Italy, so I was especially dying over all of that. Um, <laughs> and I just watched the episode where they went to that wedding in Tuscany. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely like the series a lot. What was it? The uh, first season had that incredible episode where it was like... Um, what was it like him and his uh, girlfriend's relationship over a series of mornings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's formally adventurous in a way I didn't expect from, uh, from Aziz Ansari. And yeah, I, I think that this might be, uh, you know, a huge breakout moment for him, even though he's a very successful stand up comic already. Parks and Rec made a lot of good careers go even further, man. That show. More so than The Office. Yeah. I mean, you compare the two. I mean, yeah, yeah, way different trajectory. I mean, Chris Pratt is like one of the biggest stars in the world now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam Scott's in a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, notable, I don't know if they're notable films. He's in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, So that's. That's definitely uh, been, a, been a real launcher. I haven't watched any of Master of None, like none, none of it. You might like it. I might. I yeah. might. I, I might. I, I was, you know, it's kind of one of these, God, you know, you get these Netflix shows like Orange is the New Black and, and stuff. People are like, you know, it's good, mm-hmm. but it starts to build up. And you're like, oh, I don't want to go back. It's too much of a backlog. Master of None's only one season of a backlog and yeah. then one brand new season. So you're not really that far behind. Yeah. You know, Master of None will be kind of like the crazy ex-girlfriend catch-up, which I'm all caught up on now, Cal. <laughs> finally. It was like pulling teeth, and then finally he got hooked. I don't know, like three or four episodes <laughs> in? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I guess it was right around. I mean, honestly, the episode we watched for the Rexies uh, last year uh, worked. You enjoyed it, but you never wanted to watch it. Yeah. I had to basically force you to sit down and watch the first couple yeah, of times. Totally. And then you finally got to this point where you were just like, hey, let's watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. I'm just not much of a TV binger, you know? And that's, like, where my trouble sort of boils in for, um, for you know, trying to watch shows like that. Because Hannah, Hannah wants to watch one, like, every night. And I'm like, well, uh, maybe, maybe tomorrow, <laughs> you know? But... Yeah. I, I like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm can continue to spread the word and build converts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Second season, I thought, was actually uh, a little more fun than the first season, which, uh, other than... Um, the, to say Greg or... Uh, what's, oh, yeah, other than Greg leaving. Yeah. When Greg left, I was really fucking sad, but because uh, Greg was definitely my favorite character on the show and my favorite singer. But, yeah, after that happened... I did at least uh, it begin to enjoy things after the new guy showed up and he, he stopped CW sucking and yeah. became a bit more of a character. <laughs> but yeah, good second season. I'm looking forward to where that third season goes. And I guess that'll probably be the last one. Probably, yeah. Probably. But yeah, I get what you mean about the backlog of, of shows that you get. You know, with Netflix drops, you know, it seems like a show every week. Amazon drops however many shows. And uh, 
I feel like the ones that seem to get so much attention in in the media tend to be these very self-important prestige dramas that I think are actually kind of terrible, like Man in the High Castle or, um, you know, uh, Daredevil or, you know, like a lot of these shows are just or Marco Polo. <laughs> I didn't know that got a lot of attention, Marco Polo. I just thought people with bad taste watched that. I don't know. It it, it just it just feels like um in in all these places they spit uh they they put, you know, they they shoved Breaking Bad and The Wire into a computer and then had it break down into component parts and then spit out something else. And that's like 80% of the content on Netflix now is just like artificial intelligence mad libs of uh <laughs> yeah i mean i saw that there's like a jason momoa show now where really? he's like a, a canadian trapper or something i don't know what the fuck uh and it just looks like one of those disposable netflix programs that no one will ever actually watch uh like longmire or something you know it just it, it just one of these shows that will literally never be touched Bosh. Bosh. On Amazon, I think. Yeah, but again, that's another show that I know one guy that watches Bosch. Yeah, it's like it's like an investigative thing. You're right, Cal. It's a lot of these like murder mystery style whatever. Everyone doing the killing, you know, yeah. or, or whatever. Another example, True Detective. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, there's a uh, uh, there. I will say the Crown. You mentioned watching that. That's really serious. But I think that's like one of the good ones. I really do. Um, I think it's beautifully shot. I think it's. I think it's the best Matt Smith performance ever. Um, it's the most expensive Netflix show, right? Oh, it shows, yeah. man! Holy shit! It, it looks like a. It looks like every dollar was put into that into that production. I know a lot of people are kind of whatever about the Royals and stuff, but um, I really liked that show a lot. And uh, John John Lithgow uh, still got it, man. I feel like that fits into there. There are like the two genres basically of streaming shows. There's um, a strong creator telling a story they really want to tell. And that's, you know, master of none um, with Aziz Ansari uh, sensei with the Wachowskis, the get down with Baz Luhrmann, uh, even some, even some of the newer shows like uh, dear white people by uh, Justin Simeon, yeah, which yeah. is a bajillion times better than the movie was. Uh, the movie was pretty mediocre. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. The show is uh, considerably stronger uh, or um, the good fight, the good wife spinoff, which I never expected much from but uh, ended up being a really, really great show. Um, or The Crown, you know, Peter Morgan, uh, who, you know, was the writer of The Queen and Frost Nixon and The Damned United. And so this is very much in his wheelhouse. It's his voice. It's what he loves. And it shows. And then there are the other ones that are just like, people like crime dramas. How many crime dramas can we just shove into this tube and uh, spray on people. Bloodline, my parents' favorite show. Uh. <laughs> my mom and dad love some fucking Bloodline, let me tell you. Uh, and I know a lot of people that do for some reason or another. Uh, I, I've never seen a show with a cast I loved more that I just had as little interest in watching. <laughs> yeah, it really was such a waste of Oof. a really talented cast, but... Hey, let's let's talk about Hulu for a second, though. Yeah. They finally got a show that we're watching, which uh, is The Handmaid's Tale. Have you watched that yet, Cal? 
I promised my girlfriend I would wait for her to finish reading the book and then we would watch it together. Uh, she just finished the book, so I get to watch the first episode, I think, on Friday. Excellent. Nice. Okay, we're only one in as well. I think they've only put out three, maybe? They're putting, I don't know. They put out a couple and then they're doing like one a week kind okay. of a thing. Cool. So I think we've got a couple more we can watch before we're caught up. But um, yeah, I mean, the the first episode was very strong. It was interesting seeing the show and like her background interpreted in a modern day way, you know? Yeah. But I mean, the, the book is still so relevant. And I mean, even, even going back to, you know, the the big thing that caused the, um, or that gave them the excuse to build this. Oh, wait, have you guys read the book? I have not read the book. I have, but yeah, Kyle doesn't know. And they don't really show much in the first episode about what happened. So, so I, I won't spoil it, but even that was uh, an incredibly timely, surprisingly timely thing for a book that came out in, what, the 70s? Yeah, I was going to say early 80s, but maybe the 70s. But yeah, the, the first episode, I, it's been a long time since I've read the book, but from what I can remember, her like flashbacks to her old life were kind of spread out or were not all front loaded, but the first episode does a lot of showing her old life contrasted with her new life, which was really brutal because her old life looks like right now, basically. And then seeing that contrasted with something that's only a few years after that, it's just, it's really disturbing. It's a, I mean, that show is Mike Pence's American dream, man. (laughs) I mean, maybe not, but I mean, kind of, it's, it's pretty, it's, it, it, it's very disturbing and very scary. Honestly, it's one of the scariest things I've seen this year. Uh, you know, more so than even like Get Out to me, because this feels even fucking realer. I don't know, man. It's 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 on that same level in terms of socially relevant, just horror and speculation and science fiction and. Oh, but um, it, it was it really took took my uh, took the wind out of me to watch that first episode, and uh, I'm gonna have to work up my courage to watch the next one. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I know, I know. But I'm, <laughs> I just you know I got to like rev myself up mm-hmm. for you know more of that. It's 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 it, there, there's a lot of misery there uh, that uh, you know just you know people who are unaware you know need to be ready for. Um, oh well, it's, yeah, it's hard to watch. You know, I think that we've gotten so used, like dystopia has such a neutered genre these days. Like, I think ev- basically every dystopia that comes out is like sci-fi action movie about the plucky rebellion that mm-hmm. just to uh, win the day with the courage of the pretty young girl who uh, everyone is in love with. You know, so hero. <laughs> yeah. And it's become such a uh, neutered genre where the futures are more and more improbable. You know, you get into stuff like um, Divergent and you're just like, what the fuck are you even saying? Like, <laughs> like what what are you building off of? Uh, it got to the point where uh, I, was, I was drunk with a couple friends and I mad-libbed a, um, I basically mad-libbed a young adult dystopian novel that uh, my friends told me they were pretty sure I could sell. Like, you That's know, it's, true. It's, I mean, yeah, I think the dystopia stuff has been completely overrun by YA-style stories. And this is a very adult look at dystopia and a much less glamorous and action-packed, you know, look at that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it really puts the, the, the horror back in dystopia. It's, you know, I mean... 
yeah, I, I cannot wait to watch that one. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the first episode. Well, enjoyed uh, maybe in, in scare quotes the first episode. Thought it was well done. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there, you know, not everything's got to make you feel good, right? So on the air television, if, if we've sort of moved off the streaming thing, I don't know if there's anything else major that we like from streaming. I can't seem to remember anything recent. But uh, on for on the air television, just real quick, um, I will tell you the show that I have liked the best that I did not expect to like the best. I knew I'd like it. But I didn't expect I'd like it this much. Has been Better Call Saul. Yep. Uh, I think with its third season, I don't. I don't know, man. Vince Gilligan just keeps on keeping on, and um, that what could have been the cheapest and crappiest prequel cash grab imaginable, think Fear the Walking Dead, has turned into something that has both sort of enriched uh, Breaking Bad as source material, but also uh, provided um, Bob Odenkirk with the sort of spotlight that I feel like he's long deserved in terms of drama. And honestly, I think it might be better than Breaking Bad. So yeah, Better Call Saul, I love that. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I think it took a little less time than Breaking Bad did for me to warm up to it. Like, I think Breaking Bad had a, a really not great first season and got subsequently better. Whereas I think Better Call Saul started strong and has continued to get stronger. Yeah. Um, the beauty of it is, is I don't think you need to have seen Breaking Bad at all to get something out of it. And I think, in fact, you might actually enjoy it more because you won't know where these things are headed. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that this third season is starting to reach more into Breaking Bad's background, but you don't need to know these no. things. You don't need to understand why... Gus, you know, buys this piece of property or why, or, or the relationship, uh, that, or where things have, you know, eventually lead between Gus and, uh, Hector Salamanca, you know, it's, it's, it, it, these things are all made pretty clear. I think this season, especially, I can't think of a show with better cinematography than this show. Oh, yeah. Like some of the shows, they just spend a good five to 10 minutes with gorgeous shots and no dialogue. Yeah. It's it's really surprising for what it is to be doing that and just really enjoyable to watch. Cal, have you been keeping up with that or I mean I know you watch Breaking Bad, but is that you have have you delved into this show yet? I, I actually didn't because uh Breaking Bad fandom got so intense and so all consuming in like certain corners of the internet that I was just fucking done with the show. Like I I barely had the energy to finish the the series itself. Um, and when I heard they were doing a spinoff prequel, uh, I could not have been less interested. And then, you know, I mean, everything I've heard since then is absolutely glowing. So it's, it's one of those things that's sitting in the like 7,000 hour queue in my, uh, one of my streaming services. And I, I just need to do it because yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. And the things that you guys are saying are what really appeals to me, you know, Breaking Bad, for all its uh, freneticism as a thriller, was uh, often kind of an under, uh, understated uh, or underappreciated for its beauty and for its cinematography. And um, bringing that back for Better Call, Better Call Saul uh, really does, like that more than anything else, I think makes me more likely to uh, go back to it at some point in the near future. It's gorgeous. It, it's It's beautiful. And I think... Maybe one of the most compelling points of it is somehow Saul's journey 
to this endpoint you already know is more tragic, I think, than Walt's. Even though Walt had cancer and had a family and all this stuff that on paper made his story more tragic, Saul's is, I think, a little more emotional or more investing. I also think it has a stronger female counterpart. Uh, And a good supporting cast all around. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Michael McKean is unbelievable Mm -hmm. uh, as his brother. Uh, it's, it's, It's a really sort of deep relationship that is antagonistic, but also um, also real, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, they feel like brothers that actually do love one another, but also kind of hate one another. It's, 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 it's pretty striking. Um, Cal, did you, have you been keeping up with Fargo this year? I always watch Fargo when it uh, comes out all at once. Uh, I've actually never seen it live, oh, but no, uh, I love the first two seasons, so. Yeah, his third season is great, man. Ian McGregor is, his accent is really bad, but he is phenomenal. <laughs> like, he's oh. so good, I almost don't give a shit about his accent slipping awkwardly between British and not even <laughs> Minnesota. Like, I don't know what he's going for. It's all over the place, but <laughs> he's just a delight to watch. Between this and the uh, Beauty and the Beast, I really hope he, uh, he's not entering a uh, awkward, awkward accent crutch phase like Johnny Is Depp. Trigger in Beauty and the Beast, I didn't even know that. Oh my god, he's so bad in Beauty. Like it's a terrible movie, but he's so bad. Is he one of the like inanimate objects or? You and McGregor, yeah. yeah he's um, Lumiere, the uh, candlestick. Oh no! So does he do a French accent? Uh, he does some. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, uh, he 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 he's doing fine here. You know his accent's a little rough, but he's supported by uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, who is amazing. An, uh, who's, who's incredible. Yeah. He, he's he. I mean, what a what a what a what a showstopper that guy. And the um, I really enjoy that uh, he's also uh, playing off of Mary Elizabeth Winstead who I think has always been sort of undervalued for her, um, for her dramatic chops. You know, she's always sort of been putting these quirky indies that a lot of people don't see, or maybe I've maybe been in like some bad horror films. She was in 10 Cloverfield Lane though. She right? was great in that. Yeah. yeah. Which was like maybe after Scott Pilgrim, the only other thing most people have seen her in, I imagine, unless I've forgotten something else, but she's really good in this. And, uh, also so is Carrie Coon who, uh, I, uh, I don't watch the leftovers, Another show my parents love, but she is having a really big year between both of those shows airing at the exact same time. Uh, I I am actually, I've seen the first season of The Leftovers and I'm eager to catch up on two and three. It is much better than I would. Like, I I was ready to write Damon Lindelof off. uh, And that is Damon Lindelof, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was completely ready to write him off, uh, especially after um, Prometheus. And... The first season, I think, despite being very explicitly about Lindelof's pet uh, pet thematic interests, uh, holds together much better than most of his work. Um, and Carrie Coon is fantastic at it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's everyone tells us to watch it. Uh, I just want to know if it's going to stick the landing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> After Lost and yeah, it's all, all in the movies he's been involved in. <laughs> he's just really bad at endings. So. <laughs> And uh, speaking of uh, Noah Hawley and uh, sticking the ending, uh, did you guys watch Legion? 
Yes, oh, yes, we did. Yes. Just just wrapped up a few weeks ago, and uh, I think that might be my biggest surprise of the year. Holy crap, that show. Yeah, it really did come out of nowhere and did things I did not expect. I saw the preview for the new Brian Singer uh, X-Men show on Fox. <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> But even beyond just my general exhaustion with that guy's approach to that world, after Legion, I don't see the point anymore. Yeah, Legion to me is kind of like the OJ show was, where the concept on paper was just kind of an ugh, not interested, and then just out of nowhere, it became one of the best things I'd seen. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm going to say, there, uh, there's a pretty good chance, there's a, uh, I, I would say, a very strong chance that uh, Aubrey Plaza and that already has my Rexy mom for next year, like, uh, I love Aubrey Plaza. She's funny. She's uh, a little weird. But I did not think she had a performance like uh, like this one in her. Uh, she really blew me away in that show. Once again, Parks and Rec. Yeah. I know. There you go. The theme. I, well, and right after that, that finale aired, and, you know, I think we've long passed the statute of limitations here for spoilers yeah. on this one. Um, the, the first thing I said to Hannah was, oh, man, you're going to have uh, her and Jermaine Clement teaming up. The best team. Which is like an oh my God kind of uh, fanboy moment for me. So uh, it's going to be really good in terms of comedic timing and uh, um, back and forth. I'm really excited about where that goes. So can we talk about a show that's been a little bit of a letdown so far this year? Yeah, sure. Which is The Americans. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't know if you watched that one, Kel. Uh, again, I'm a couple seasons behind, but I, I, I really like the show. I'm sad to hear it's a letdown this season. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's had some really, really strong, good hooks each year that have, have made me genuinely excited to, to see the next episode and watching it live. I've enjoyed watching it live and not getting to know the answer until the next week. This year, though, it's like they're kind of floundering for a thing. They, they don't really have a hook. Um, they're kind of just continuing threads from last year. They're doling out with little plot. They have very slowly, there's a lot of dead ends and I'm just kind of losing patience, which is funny. Like a show about Russian spies in America, you would think right now would be more topical than ever, but, um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of lost it this year. It's boring. Yeah. Like I, I, it, I, I generally can judge how into a show I am by how often I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on on my phone. Yeah. And with the Americans, more often than not, I'm finding myself picking up my phone more now. And um, there, there are individual moments in that show that still work. There's one particular character who is in Russia, uh, a woman, not the man. Who, uh, so I won't spoil that for you, Cal, um, who uh, I think is still very compelling anytime that character is on. I think um, there's a, they added a new uh, Vietnamese character who I think has a very interesting plot line. But, man, you know, stuff with the kids gets really draggy. Uh, Frank Langella I generally like, but even he is starting to, like, I'm getting a little eyes glazed over when he shows up. And I used to think he was one of the best parts of the show, along with uh, character actress Margo Margo Martindale. Um, (laughs) It just feels like they didn't really have any interesting ideas to push this season forward. Or maybe they've got one or two that they decided to couch into five minute, you know, interspersed throughout each episode. So 
you have to watch a lot to feel like anything happens. There's only a season left after this, too, so it's clearly like... Let's They've got just... an end game in, in mind, and they're kind of taking their time to get there, I guess. So. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Ed Brubaker still loves it, but I, I'm having a lot of trouble with it. Um, uh, so one surprise for me on the network television side before we switch over to premium TV real quick, mm-hmm. um, I'm really liking... I'm, not, I'm kind of whatever right now. But I'm, I'm reckoning with my feelings about Doctor Who, but I'm really liking the spinoff that's airing on BBC America right now called Class that uh, was written by Patrick Ness, who uh, I guess is probably more famous now for that movie A Monster Calls and the book in which it was based. I think the show is kind of cool, man. Like, it's, it's YA, but... Um, it, it, it feels like it's pitched sort of more like Buffy in a way. Yeah. Like it's kind of funny and it's, and it, and it, and it, and it episodes are more connected than your typical doctor who episodes. Good it, characters. Yeah. There's yeah. darker moments. There's, 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 Lots of death. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, there's it there's, is like Buffy. You're right. It is. Yeah. It is. And there's, and there's some like genuine like emotion mm-hmm. in a way that doctor who always kind of feels plastic. Yeah. Um, Callie, we used to talk about doctor who all the time. So I don't know if you've kept up with any of this stuff or if you've just sort of, tapped out i haven't seen you talk about it at all so um i am considerably behind this season i watched the first episode and i I liked it all right but uh it didn't it didn't blow me away and uh given given that i think or i thought and still do think that uh series nine might be the best season of the show since its reboot i'm surprised by my, my my lack of interest in this one I'm going to get to it and I, I'm, I'm hoping that I, I like it, but you know, it's like I, I started watching an episode and then I was like, Oh shit, Sensei just aired. I got to watch that. And I watched all of Sensei that weekend instead of one episode of Dr. Who. And then, you know, this weekend, you know, it was like, Oh shit, master of none is on. Like I got to watch master of none. And I put off. So it just keeps kind of sliding down my, my list of priorities, even though, uh, I did really, really love series nine, ten. Just uh, I will get to it and see what I think eventually. There's just an indifference for me right now, and I, I think some of it is just there's just nothing new happening. You know, maybe some of it is just once you watch a show like this for so long, maybe you can only withstand so many seasons before you're like, oh. The show just repeats itself a lot. It's ten you know? years, the yeah. same show, and I think like we can make the argument that it's it's um, that the show sort of reboots itself whenever there's a new actor or whatever. But the truth is, it's still playing by the rules of television, of right. modern day television, and you know it's entering that supernatural territory of it's been on for ten years and it's just feeling a little tired. And I'm not a big fan of the new showrunner that's coming up, but I am a fan of the idea of Moffat stepping back sure, because yeah, yeah. even if the doctor reboots, the showrunner is still the same, right? Yeah. And and you, one showrunner doing a show for this long, I mean, eventually anything good, you know, you do five years, that's great. To be good for five years is fantastic. Anything more than that seems unrealistic to me. So that this has been on for so long is just. It's just time. Supernatural's changed showrunners too, yeah. and and just you know, I'm just it hasn't changed actors, but. 
time, you know, it, it's changed direction, and that's kind of. I feel like there's more in common than with with these sort of long lived shows that that play to the sci fi crowd than people think. Yeah, um, it just becomes very procedural, yeah. you know, at the end of the day. <laughs> that class is pretty good, man. I yeah, like it. have you seen Class Cal? I haven't seen. I've seen and heard nothing about that whatsoever. Like I saw you tweet about it once, Kyle, and I was like, I have no idea what that is. I kind of think you would like it. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah, love Buffy. I'll check it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that good, but well, no, it's good. It's good. He's underselling it. Like it's not uh, super high production value or whatever. So they're going to yeah. do aliens and they're going to look silly sometimes. But I do think it's very Buffyish. Yeah. Speaking of kind of the Buffy supernatural thing, uh, I have. I don't know if you guys have like an embarrassed. Uh, you're you're kind of embarrassed that you're still watching. And kind of liking the show, but I do. And uh, that's Lucifer. Oh, uh, really? You're watching that show? I didn't know you were watching that. Yeah, me neither. I'm, I'm watching it very sporadically. Like, I'll catch up with, like, three episodes here and there. And I really don't want to like it. And I still kind of, like, it scratches that itch that Supernatural used to scratch. As just, like, you know what? Like, I want to, you know... Uh, I don't know, um, just watch watch something while I, you know, play a iPad game or, you know, just something that I don't get super into. But it's just really fun pulp fantasy in a way that the first season wasn't that much. I mostly watched the first season while just kind of not paying attention. And this season has actually, uh, if you like Supernatural and are kind of wishing there was something else like it, this almost fits that bill. It's it's not good necessarily, but it's it's better than you would expect given the premise and uh, the cast and everything about it. Would you call it a guilty pleasure, or is it not quite that bad? Uh, I would say it's a guilty pleasure. Like, I mean, it's 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 not something. I don't I don't feel any guilt over it though. Like, I, I I've never felt like that guilty about anything that I like. Like, if, if you like it, you like it, and uh, I I kind of like it, although. I will. So I was staying with friends in this. This was I was staying with a couple friends, and I was watching Lucifer in bed in their guest room, uh, just on my laptop. And uh, the host, you know, came in just to check and see how he was getting ready to go to bed. And I like immediately paused it and like closed my laptop a little. And he was like, "Oh shit! Oh my god! I'm so sorry!" Like he clearly thought he like walked in on me masturbating. <laughs> Because I was embarrassed to be watching Lucifer and be caught. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I've never even watched an episode of that show. I mean, the most I've heard about it is when Hannah did the interviews with the cast before the show started. Uh, but, you know, I'm glad to hear the second season is a imp- big improvement on the first. Yeah. It, it's a profoundly dumb premise. And as it gets more into supernatural territory and more away from the police procedural stuff that opened in season one, uh, it becomes much, it becomes much more enjoyable. I think. Um, I wanted to talk while we still had time about American gods, uh, which Hannah and I started watching with our friends recently. Um, 
And I, okay, so I hate that book. Like, I think that book sucks. Um, but the TV show has been pretty good. Brian Fuller's adaptation of this Neil Gaiman novel that everybody except me seems to like. Um, but it's, it, it's, uh, you know, uh, pr- pretty good, I would say. Like, I think it, I think its pilot episode was strong. Its second episode was not good. And its third episode was probably its best episode. Yeah. Very visually striking in the way Brian Fuller's shows are. Lots of penis. And Ian McShane, <laughs> Ian McShane rules, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he basically, he's fantastic he basically, as Mr. Wednesday. Yeah, he basically takes the scenery and just puts teeth marks all over it, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, not everybody watches it because it's on stars. So it's kind of like the uh, the hard the hard thing about American Gods. But they do <laughs> they, they do some cool stuff with, like, mini-stories and, like... Uh, Cal, you've read the book, right? Yes. So you know how they do, like, the Somewhere in America stuff in the book? Yeah. And, like, uh, Coming to America? That That's the stuff that starts every episode of the show. That's a really, I, I like that as a creative decision. I like that. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I do too. And matter of fact, this third episode had two of those. Yeah. And one was at the beginning, one was kind of in the middle. And every single time, they're the best parts of the episode. Yeah, um, I would with, agree without with Without fail. I mean, the show looks gorgeous. It does some really cool things. Like Jillian Anderson has a really cool role that we've only seen so far for a minute in season, or in episode one. But the casting is really well done. Also, just, I don't know. I was reading uh, something with Brian Fuller after the last episode we watched where there's a, a sex scene with two men. And apparently after they'd, they'd shot it originally, Fuller looked at it and was like, Mm-mm, his dick's not getting in there from that angle. Like, we need to reshoot this. <laughs> like, <laughs> needs to be closer. This isn't realistic. Like, it's it's just... It's just it's just so fuller that oh, show, man. you know. That's the biggest penis I've ever seen. Right. On, on like you know, <laughs> not porn. Honestly, that was that was, that was ridiculous. Um, so much penis on that holy show. Holy shit! There's a lot of penis. Yeah. And this is and this is a show where a man gets eaten by a vagina, mm-hmm. and you still see more penis. Yep. That, that is that is wild. Yeah, I I am very very excited to watch this one. I really want to, but I literally. I don't know how, like, stars, you can't buy it on iTunes, you can't buy it on Amazon. Like, you subscribed on Amazon. Yeah. I, I, I did that. Uh, I, I did the, uh, like, trial subscription or whatever on Amazon to watch the Girlfriend Experience show when they aired that. So I, I would have to actually, like, pay them to subscribe. Is that what you guys are doing? Yeah, it's like eight ninety nine a month, I think. <laughs> so it's I- not bad. And you can cancel it as soon as it's as soon it's as you show watch stuff. it all. Yeah, the the good thing too okay. is they put the episodes up at midnight, the day it comes out. So like it, it airs Sunday nights on Stars, I think. So they go up at at Sunday at midnight, so you can watch it anytime Sunday, which is really nice. Um, and it's it was cheaper for us than actually subscribing to it through cable. And so. there's only going to be eight episodes. So one thing you could do, Cal, um, if you're you know patient enough, you could wait until they're all up. And then do the subscription for like a month and watch the eight episodes and then, you know, jet jettison out really fast. If you wait till episode five comes up. Yeah. Then you'd only be paying for a month of it. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of my plan because uh, I did something similar with CBS All Access for uh, uh, The Good Fight. Yeah, some of these streaming shows are really good. And I wish that there was a way to just give them money in exchange for that one show. Right. And, 
and none of these places want you to do that. It's really annoying how many little things right now we're... We've never been watching this much TV, and we've never been subscribed to so much shit before. Yeah. Hulu, we've got got stars, and now, as of today, we subscribe to Showtime. Virgin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. which... I mean, hope God. And we've always got HBO going. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, I'd be curious I, about that, the Good Wife spinoff, but it's another thing. And I just, I can't right now. It's just crazy. It, it really is. I, I genuinely do think that we are going to, uh, uh, we are probably maybe three or four years away from this, the entire streaming ecosystem collapsing and uh, us kind of falling into, um, uh, there, there being kind of two or three major ones again, because yeah, as this is insane. Like I, I don't watch as much TV as you guys, but I'm still still subscribed to like eight different things. I think the solution would be kind of like you said, just having season passes to a show, like paying fifteen bucks for access to the show all season. Because if you think about it, I mean, we used to have to buy these DVD box sets before streaming mm-hmm. was a thing, or you'd rent them a disc at a time or whatever. So it's not like we haven't spent money on shows like this before. It's just really annoying to subscribe to something and then have to cancel it when yeah. you only want the one thing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get the economic argument for why they don't do that. It's just very frustrating. <laughs> uh just as something to manage. Like sometimes I have to literally look over my bank statement every month just to make sure like, Oh shit, I'm subscribed to this still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what's the point of having stars for any other reason than American gods? The last time we had stars, it was to watch Torchwood. Remember Torchwood? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was that was years and years ago, and then we got stars again for this, and then we're not going to have stars again after this. Yeah, it's just 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 a thing to manage. Like, will we cancel it on time? Are we going to pay for a month we don't want? Right. We're lazy bastards, so we'll probably forget. <laughs> no, not me. I'm going to remember as soon as Twin Peaks is over. We're going to jettison that Showtime immediately. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of which, uh, are there any other shows that you guys are looking forward to that are coming up? Finales you're excited about? Um, I'll just go ahead and, and, and talk about the Twin Peaks. Thing. Thing. I'm very excited about Twin Peaks coming back. David Lynch's first project in 17 years, I think, wow. it's or some some kind of gap like that, which is insane to me for a prolific filmmaker. But I'm 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 so pumped. We've we've re, we rewatched the finale. We rewatched Fire Walk with me, and uh, I am ready to be in that world come Sunday. Uh, but uh, what about you guys? I have never seen uh, an episode of Twin Peaks before. Oh, I wasn't talking about Twin Peaks. This mini show. Sorry. Oh yeah, just uh, like I, I wish I could feel the excitement for that. I know I really need to watch it. Uh, you should just jump into the new one and see what happens. Oh god, that that might be interesting. Yeah, I, I tried to get into Twin Peaks like you know back in the DVD box set days, and they released the 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 Twin Peaks DVD box set didn't have the pilot what? in it. And so um, my public library had every had Firewalk with me. It had the whole series, but someone had stolen whatever disc the pilot was on. Things that are coming up that I'm excited for. Uh, Rick and Morty, uh, they premiered the, the first episode of season three a few weeks ago. We talked a little bit about this before the pod, but that was such a bizarre, dark, uh, just kind of horrifying episode of tv i almost 
like no one but Dan Harmon would make that and call it a comedy, but I love that he did. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for that one. Do we know when? I, I don't know. I mean, rumors were like July, but I, there's no real set in stone date. I'd have to, I'd have to ask, uh, you know, someone who's better in the know than me. Um, well, I'll be the basic bitch and say I'm excited for Game of Thrones to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we're finally going to get more off-book stuff, and I'm just curious to see how it ends. After last season, I don't blame you. It was, great. It was, a, it was a huge bounce back from it was, the yeah. previous not-good season. It was. Um, and then the only other thing I was going to mention is we didn't talk about these shows, but... Uh, while Veep this year has not been my favorite season, it definitely seems like it's struggling. Um, I'm actually really enjoying Silicon Valley, so I'm excited to continue watching that one. I've really been getting into it, so that's all. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's a great recommendation list for everybody that's taking a listen. Uh, do uh, do venture into you know Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, whatever you've got. If you've got a thousand dollars a month to kill, you yeah. can watch all these shows. Watch all these shows, and you know it would be worth every penny for the good ones, at least. Anyhow, join us next time when, uh, at the very least, the next episode, I promise you, will be about Wonder Woman, yes. <laughs> which is right around the corner. I know Hannah's going to want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, I'm sure that uh, these DC movies, they're, they're always fodder for, for real discussion. Uh, and I, uh, I hope this will be the one where we don't make fun of it. Anyhow, we'll, uh, we'll at the very least see you then uh, in a couple weeks for, uh, for a discussion of that, if not sooner. Bye-bye, everybody.